0: Cause my niggas, I stay bulletproof, bulletproof, bulletproof Wait, hold on, tell me what got into you, In into you, into you I search around the room like, where you, where you, where you? Bring those stuff to me, I'm like, who you, you? who you And you can say what you wanna say But I stay on this that shit, that's everything. Yeah, cause my nigga, I stay bulletproof, bulletproof, bulletproof. So tell me nigga, what got into you, into you, into you, into you Hey, what's good everybody? This be your boy, Miller A.K.A. Miller the One and your girl Q, A.K.A. Q. and we back for another episode of Making Sense of Nothing. This is season three, episode twenty-one, and y'all got a little something for y'all today. Um, it's the holiday season. You feel me? And the year's almost over. And I said to myself, you know, Miller, why not give the listeners some information about you? And I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to do a whole series of, you know, of telling my story Um, as me growing up. um, For those of y'all who've been around for a minute... Y'all know that I done told so many different stories in so many different podcasts about my life and growing up, things we went through and things like that. And what I was thinking is, you know what, I'll go ahead and start from the beginning. You feel me? Um, And if you guys like it, hit your boy up. Let me know that you like it. Let me know if you want me to do more. And I will. Um, so first thing, I want to introduce everybody to myself. Hi. My legal name is St. Clair Tavares Miller. Most people nowadays know me as Miller. When I was younger, most people knew me as LaRosse. You can spell that however you want to spell it. <laughs> put it however you wanna put it. But it's La Ross. Not L-A-R-O-S-S, but L-I-L-R-O-S-S. And um right now, only my family calls me that. My immediate family calls me La Ross. Um the ones I grew up with. Brothers, sisters, my cousin. Um. So, yeah. So, how y'all doing? <laughs> Alright. So, that's the first thing. Um, my mom, God bless her soul, used to always say, LaRoss, I can never say or do nothing around you because you are like an elephant. You never forget anything. And she used to always say, I remember you and your brothers jumping around on the bed. You couldn't be no more than like four years old. And y'all was jumping around on the bed and you were singing a song. And she said she came in the room and she say, what are y'all doing? And I turned to her and I said, I'm teaching my brothers this song I made up. And my mama said, you didn't make that song up. That's a real song. But how do you remember that? I haven't heard that song since you was one years old. And my mom was so surprised. She was like, my God, your memory is so good. Y'all, <laughs> I was with my brothers in a bed. I'm about four years old, in a bed with my two younger brothers who's a year and two years younger than me, teaching them how to sing a song that I haven't heard since I was one years old. I thought it was a song I made up. I thought it was just me over here teaching my brother this song and we singing the song. And my mama was like, no, that's something from your memory. And she couldn't understand how I used to remember so many things. Now, the reason why I'm telling y'all this is because a lot of the stuff I'm going to tell y'all is from my memory. Um, when I mention some of the stuff to different parts of my family, some remember, some don't. Some of us block out a lot of things from our past, um, like my brother Um, He blocks a lot of things out from my past. He just don't remember them because they were so traumatizing. Um, But I do. Um, My youngest brother remember most of the stuff. um, So he's able to confirm some of it. But there's things he don't remember either. My sister's and older brother, same way. So a lot of the family come to me about a lot of things that happened in our past because I can remember so much and unlike them I didn't block out anything I just took everything in so with that being said y'all let's go back into the 80s um now back then give me a second let me fix myself in my seat sorry for all the noise <laughs> but back then I wasn't even in first grade yeah because I remember I was um where we were standing I remember where we were um we were staying in Miami Florida um the southern Miami Florida this part called Goose. and in goose there's this the neighborhood that um They called the village. And in the village, there was this session called the horseshoe. The reason why it was called a horseshoe, because it was like a U. And it was three ways into this U. There was a road that came right at the top of the U, at the bend, or you should just say the bottom of the U. But at the bend of the U, there was a road that came in there. And then at the beginning and the end of the U, there was a way in. So you would come in, you would go up, go around, and come back down the way you came out, but you know, not exactly where you came out from. You end up on the same street you went in from, but not in the same spot. It'd be further down that street. Um So yeah, so I believe that was what, um two twenty four? If I'm not mistaken. Of 124. Yeah, it was 124th in Goose. So you go in on one part of 124th, go up, go around, come back out on another part. Um too much details, so I don't need to go into that far. But we was living in the horseshoe, and the horseshoe was The worst part of the village to stay in, like the village, was the worst part. It was the worst part of Ghouls to be in, other than this place called Chocolate City, where we also lived. Um, get to that later, but the village was like the place you do not want to go. Um, drug dealers, prostitution, um, people fighting, people shooting. Every time you look around, there's a gunshot. There's police coming through, kicking in doors, things like that. And I remember one day the police came. We was outside and our mom rushed us in the house. And the police came and they kicked in the door like two doors down. And they had their guns out and we looking out the window, looking at them and everything. And I remember seeing this one guy run towards the back. So as he run towards the back, I run to the back window to go look at him. So I see him go to this fence that was like broken, like it was hanging off. I remember we used to play on the fence and bounce up and down on the fence because it it wasn't connected to all the poles. It was missing, like it wasn't connected to like two or three of the poles, maybe more, maybe less. Who knows? I was only like five years old at the most, but we used to jump on the fence and hold the top pole that went across, but the vertical poles, it was not connected to some of those, so we was able to bounce up and down on it, have a lot of fun on it, and I seen the guy remove the top part of the pole, the little cap part with the hoop, he takes that off, and he start stuffing stuff down in there, like stuffing stuff in there, stuffing stuff in there, stuffing stuff. In there. And then he put the thing back on. He put it back on, and then he tried to run. Next thing you know, you see the police come, boom, tackle him to the ground. All right. So after everything gets done, everything is over with, things start quieting down. I'm on, let us go back outside to play. Me, knowing what I seen, I ran to the backyard. I went back there, I took the thing off, and I took all the stuff out. I took out money and drugs out of this pipe. But at the time I didn't I knew what the money was. I didn't know about the drugs. And I grabbed it all and I took it to my mom and I told my show my mom. And my mom was like, Where did you get all this from? And my dad was like, Where did you get it from, huh? Where'd you get this from? And I said, I seen the man put it in the pipe. And my mom was like, what pipe and what what man i said the man that the police took he put it in the pipe she said did he see you see him i was like no i was in the window and she was so upset and i couldn't understand why my mom was upset because i found all this money that i brought to her and she was upset with me and her and my dad was talking to each other over there, and she told me, don't move, don't say nothing to nobody, this and that, and all I know, my mom said, we got to go, we got to go, we have to move, we got to go, like that, and my mom was like, well, oh, we should just put it back, and my dad was like, if he don't know that Ross took it, then why should we put it back, and she was like, because they're going to find out, they're going to know that it was us, we got to go, so my dad was like, well, we're not putting it back, we'll just go move with mama. So, we left the village. I don't know how long after. To me, we left the village the next day. Um, like I said at the beginning, my mom's my mom passed away, so I can't go back and ask her these details. Um, my grandmother isn't living. My biological father, um, haven't seen this dude in God knows how long. So, I don't. You know, I can't go fat check this part. Um, but. Sometime later, in my head, a day or two later, we moved to my grandmother's house. And as we stand at my grandma's house for this first time, this period was brief. I don't remember much from that. All I know is my mom was happy one day. She's going to my dad. My dad has the same name as me, um, but he's a junior. Um, his last name is Ross. My last name is Miller. Um, and my mom was cheering to my dad, letting her know, like, Junior, um, we can move in. We got accepted. And next thing you know, we was moving into Chocolate City in Goose. Chocolate City is a project, y'all. Um, the actual name was, I believe... Um, Arthur Mays Village or something like that, Arthur Mays Project, Arthur Mays Village, one of the two. Um, That's the original name of Chocolate City, but us who lived in there, we called it Chocolate City. Um, A lot of people said because it was nothing but black people that lived in there. But the real reason why is because of the color of the buildings was painted a chocolate color. A dark chocolate and light chocolate color. Um, And that's why they call it Chocolate City. But, I mean, a place where nothing but black people live in, I guess, in the 80s. I guess you can call that Chocolate City as well. But, um, yeah, so it was called Chocolate City. But um, I found out later. I was always told it was called Chocolate City because nothing but black people lived there. But um, as I got older, I started realizing the buildings are chocolate colored and then someone confirmed that with me and say the reason why they called it chocolate city because the color of paint they chose to paint the buildings when they built the place um so yeah y'all so we moved from the hood to the hood (laughs) we moved from the hood to the ghetto i guess i don't know what you want to call it we moved to a project um you know and everybody fussing and fighting and doing everything but I mean we moved there we was doing everything and then we had to move again and my mom was like we feel the move come on let's get this stuff i remember us having a u-haul and we packing the u-haul and we go down us1 and we was in the back of the u-haul and it seemed like we was going forever and as we was going further and further south, all you see is more woods and woods and woods. And I'm like, where the heck are we going? We're going to the country. And we moved to Naranja. Now, I'm put this in contents for y'all. Contents for y'all. Right now that I'm older, right? To go from Naranja to Goose is probably... I won't say probably. To go from I'm um, to to go from Chocolate City, which is in Goose, to Naranja Projects, which is in Naranja, on US One would probably take ten, maybe fifteen minutes to get there, if that. Um, if you hop on the expressway, which there just um what there's two ex- exits for it. Um, cause Chocolate City is on two sixteenth, which has a entrance to the um to the Florida Turnpike, south, north, and south. If you get on that going south, you go down. There's two exits. There's one that you go to that gets you to one twelfth, one hundred and twelfth Avenue, which is out of Powder, and then the next one it gets you to. Um 137th Avenue, which is the Homestead Speedway Road, which is in Naranja, um, right off of 288th Street. And if you went if you took that route, probably about five minutes. But when I was a kid, this is the longest ride, and all you've seen back then, I mean the scenery now changed so much different. You see houses and stores and all these type of buildings and Everything and you wouldn't believe that all of this was just trees and 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 like fields corn fields bean fields avocado fields mango fields um everything that homestead was known for just known for 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 fields of of, of vegetation and um yeah we we moved now to naranja now home now naranja it's a part of Homestead, even though we don't consider it as a part of Homestead. You feel me? But um, technically, if you was to go on the map, if you was to put the zip codes in, whatever, it'll say Homestead. Um, it'll tell you in Naranja, but it'll still say Homestead. Um, so we was in Naranja, and we moved to Naranja Projects. And in Naranja Projects, this is where my memory gets real good from when we was kids. I remember I was six years old in Naranja Projects because I was going to the first grade and I was going to Naranja Elementary. And I remember that. Um I mean we had so much fun in Naranja um projects. I mean, y'all, things was so good. Things was the best when we were standing in the Rancho Um, I mean, we used to run out of sugar, go knock on the neighbor's door. Hey, my mama want to know, can we borrow a cup of sugar? Neighbor give us a cup of sugar. They'd be like, oh, ask your mom, do y'all have some ketchup? We're like, yeah, give her some ketchup. You know, it was like just boom, 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 we was going. Um, I remember coming from school. My mom would always be on the porch talking to her neighbors right across from her. And everything they all be on the porch, they all sitting there. The neighbors they smoking weed and stuff. My mom didn't smoke any weed or do any drugs and anything like that. And um, but the neighbors used to smoke weed right there in front of us, like it was nothing. But once again, it's the 80s, you feel me. I was born in 1981 and I was six at this time, so that was like 87, 88. You feel me, so. Everybody was doing something, but my mom wasn't. My mom's one of the people that wasn't at this time. Um, And I remember just coming home and always saying that, and we used to play and everything, and I remember when Christmas came, and my dad, we thought that we had got some stuff for Christmas, but we really wanted bikes, and we thought we wasn't going to get no bikes. And my dad surprised all of us with bikes, and we went outside, and he was teaching us how to ride. And I remember my sister was crying because... She didn't wanna. He said that she was too old for training wheels, and she needed to learn. So I remember him riding, running behind her, um, having her go, and she was telling him, "Please don't let me go." And my dad let her go either way. And she was riding, she was riding, and I remember everybody yelling, "Like turn, 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 turn!" And she ran into a car, that a parked car, and we was all laughing and everything. And from what I can remember, me and my brothers, we was we, my oldest brother. Tony who's much older than us tony's what probably like ten years older than me um maybe more Tony probably what Tony's eleven years ten eleven years older than me, my oldest brother um, but I remember he was he was there, and um he was playing his music, he had this like this boom box he was playing his music, and we had so much fun and speaking of my brother, my brother used to. Do backflips and stuff off the second floor of the of the projects. They like when you go upstairs, at the projects, the the two windows that face like the sidewalk had this like this balcony, but wasn't a balcony. It was really just a a a porch covering, so you can sit on your porch with shade, but you can go out your window and stand up on that. And um, these people who got kicked out. Um, all this stuff got thrown out. So we took the mattresses and put them right outside and him and his friends would go up there and backflip off of them, off the roof and down onto the mattress and stuff. And I remember they was break dancing and everything. And bro, I wanted to be just like my brother when I grew up. Like I admired my brother so much. Like he was like the best, like nobody couldn't say nothing to us. And go going to get my big brother, Tony, you know, things like that. Um... And then, all hell broke loose after that. Um, I don't know how long it took for all hell to break loose, but y'all, you know, our world just start got ready to go downhill from here. Um, I remember one day my mom and my dad was yelling and fussing with each other, and the doors are slamming and. My mom was yelling, and she was mad at my dad. Didn't know what was the reason for. Her. My mom was so mad; she was yelling at my dad. We didn't know the reason. They calmed down. Everything's good. They told us we can leave out the rooms because when they got in the argument, and jumped like that. They made us go in the room, um, they told us we can go out. Um, didn't never don't know why they was fussing. You know, at the time, um, I later found out. Way later, I found out, and I get to that as well. Um. But some time passed and the police came and raided this person's house in the projects. And they kicked in the door, they was wrecking their house, they were doing all that. And the lady was telling them that the person they were looking for was not there. And they was just breaking everything doing it. And then they like took her and like drug her out of her house because she, they said she was hiding them. They drug her out the house and they put on handcuffs and they was dragging her on the ground. And I remember my mama and other people were like, don't be dragging her like that. Don't do her like that. This isn't that. And then the guy, they seen the guy and the guy went running and they hit the guy with the car, with the police car to stop him from running. And when that happened, oh my God, all hell broke loose. Um... And this was the start of the Naranja riots. Oh, well, not riots, but riot. My bad, because it wasn't multiple. Started the Naranja Riot. And when that happened, it was like two or three police cars that I can remember when it started. But people started throwing rocks and chairs and anything you can throw. People was throwing it at the police. They were throwing it at the police cars. People was running up to their cars, flattening their tires with knives. So they couldn't leave. And the police, they got their guns out just aiming it at everybody. But it's like, who you going to shoot? The little kids. Because even us kids, throwing rocks. We throwing all type of stuff. I remember, I don't know who it was, but one young person ran over and snatched the police walkie-talkie out of his hand while he was trying to call for backup or something. And they snatched the walkie-talkie out of his hand and threw it on the ground. And everybody was like cheering and stuff. And everybody was like, F the police. F the police. Everybody was going crazy. And they was just doing everything. And then more police cars came. And as they was coming, people throwing bottles and stuff at there and everything. And Man, every time a police car came, we was just destroying the hell out of their cars. We was flattening the tires. We was banging on them with sticks, busting the windows, doing everything. Um, After a while, it was so many police that they was like knocking us kids to the ground and putting us in handcuffs and holding us down and putting us in their cars and People were just still coming, still coming, still coming. It was so crazy, y'all. And it was all over with. And I remember my mama came crying after someone came and knocked on the door. And my mama said, we have to move and we don't have nowhere to go. Um, To be exact, my mom and my dad had went to jail during the riot. Um, our neighbors went to jail. My mom's best friend, Grace, went to jail. A lot of people in the projects went to jail. And when you stand in the projects, if you go to jail for like something like violence or something like that, you can't live in the projects no more. So they kicked us out. And when they kicked us out of the projects, <laughs> that's what the shit hit the fan, y'all. Everything went... Terribly wrong from there. Um, we moved further south into Florida City, which is about 10, 15 minutes away from the ranch itself. Um We moved to Florida City. We moved into this neighborhood that sim- looked similar to the projects, but it wasn't a project. It was just a little apartment neighborhood um, that we moved in. It was a little project. It was a little ghetto. <laughs> we moved into... And I remember we we lived downstairs, and I don't know who moved who moved there first, but my mom best friend Grace moved there too. They lived next door to us upstairs, so we lived downstairs. Like if we was looking at the building, we lived downstairs to the right. They lived upstairs to the left. Um, same building though. And we used to be in there. And things, used, you know, things was crazy. It was good. But my my mom never worked, y'all. My mom didn't work a day in her life. My dad was the worker, the breadwinner. My mom's a stay-at-home dad, I mean, stay-at-home wife. Um, and I remember we asked our mom why we don't have the same last name as our dad. And our mom said that her mama never gave none of her kids their dad, last name. So she wasn't going to disrespect her mom by giving her kids their dad, last name. Um, just a little contents note right here. Just something to, just to get y'all, because y'all might be like, wait, why Why, was she, why is that? Well, my, my grandma, my mother's mom, um, was a Black Panther. And my mom was raised... By her, Um, my mom had a father who was a Rolling Stone, my granddad, Granddad Harry Jr. Um, Granddad Harry Jr. was a pimp, and um, he had so many girls when he was back in the days. um, All up the southeast coast, all the southern states, Alabama, um, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, he he was all over, and everybody knew him. Louisiana, everybody knew my granddad. My granddad was like a big pimp. I remember my grandma had a picture of him, in um, in her house, and he had this big fur coat on, this big old hat with the big glasses, the little, the 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 high heel shoes or whatnot, um, with a cane, and he had like two women on both sides with his arms around him next to this Cadillac, um. The actual Cadillac that was in my grandma's yard for years. I don't know why my grandma kept that Cadillac in her yard, but I remember going to her house. This is my great-grandma. This is my granddad-grandma, my mother. And um, we used to go to her house, and that Cadillac would be still in her yard. That Cadillac was in her yard for years, years and years and years. Before we was born and way after we got older, that Cadillac stayed in my grandma's yard Why? do not know why my grandma kept that kettle at. But she did. Alright, so that's off. But um yes yeah, so my mom like I said my mom my mom's mother was a black a Black Panther and um she was shot and killed um during a a Black Panther protest. My mom mother was shot and killed and so my mom honored her by doing the same thing that she did by not changing the family's last name for no man, no one. So that's what she did. All right, so yeah. So I said, my mom didn't work. My dad did everything. One day my dad came home. He was drunk. I remember it. When he drunk, we tried to stay the hell away from my dad. And he came in the house yelling. And he started yelling at my mom. And this is the first time I remember ever seeing my dad put his hands on my mom. My dad came in there and he yelling and screaming and then he just hit my mom and she fell to the floor and we were standing there and he was like, take your ass in the room. And we all ran and ran in the room and everything. And oh, we were so scared, y'all. Oh, I forgot a part, I'm sorry. My oldest brother, Tony, when we got kicked out of the projects... Um, my granddad, my mom's dad, um, wife, his last wife, um, cause my granddad was married to three different people at the same time in three different States because he was that type of person. And, um, one of his wives was here. He was never married to my mom's mom. Um, but my mom's mom knew of his wife and everything. She found out about him and all that there, and um, my granddad when when my grandma died, my mom's mom died. My granddad sent my mom to stay with him and his wife, but he was always gone. My mom said he was hardly ever there, so she raised them. Um, so we called her grandma when she was actually our grandma. Um, so. And she was Grandma Pearl, so my oldest brother Tony, he went to go stay with Grandma Pearl, and everything. So um, and the reason why is that he knew them more than than all of us because my oldest brother Tony don't have the same don't have the same father as us. He has a different dad. Um, him and my oldest sister Michi had different fathers. And they was there before my dad came. They they Those two, so my dad came to the relationship. My mom already had two kids. Um, and he was there. And so they was always at one of my grandma's house. Um, so my oldest sister, Michi, got taken away while we was in the project. She got taken away from us um, because my oldest brother, Tony, and Michi went to school one day. They came home. My dad made them some food, something to eat, some lunch. Told him the lunch in on the table. He was in the living room drinking a beer or whatever. And um, my brother Tony went and was like, Michi gave her food to the cat. And my dad said, so she didn't eat? And was like, no, she ate, but she ate the cat food. And... My dad whooped the hell out of her. They said my dad whooped her so bad that they thought he killed her. So, um, DCF, the Department of Children and Family, came and took her away. And my great-grandma took her in. So, she was staying with my great-grandma. So, when we got kicked out of the projects, my oldest brother, Tony, went to go move with our other grandma, Grandma Pearl, my mother's father's wife. Um, he went to go stay with them since he knew them growing up because he knew them before my mom and my dad got together. He used to be over there a lot because my mom grew up there. Um, so yeah, so that's where he went. So in in Florida City, it was just myself my two younger brothers and my two oldest sisters. Um, we was living, at this time, we moved to Florida City, the place we were staying at. It was a two-bedroom. My mother's bedroom had a door on it. Our bedroom didn't have a door. It had an opening, but not a door. So my mom them put up a sheet not to make a door, But to split the room in half, half of it, my sisters slept on. The other half, me and my two brothers slept in. Um, Each side had one bed. So my two sisters slept in one bed. Me and my two brothers, us three slept in another bed. Um, We had our sides. So when they told us to go to our room, we run in there and go in the room. Um, But like I said, there was no door. It was just an opening, a threshold that goes straight through the house when you come in. You come in, it's the living room, then it's their room, they had a door, and then it was the room where we lived at, where we were staying, where, where we were, it had walls and everything but no door, and then you go down, and it was the kitchen behind everything. Um. So yeah, so that's how it was, and yeah, my dad hit my mom so hard and knocked her down to the ground, and my mom was screaming and yelling and everything, and And my dad went and grabbed her and started dragging her around. And then my dad opened the front door and, like, kicked her out the door and everything. Then my dad was outside hitting on my mom and people was coming. They were like, Junior, leave her alone. Junior, leave her alone. Let her go. That's enough. That's enough. And my dad was going crazy. And they finally got my dad off off my mom. And the police came and everything. And... My mama was telling the police, she don't know why they called the police. Nothing wasn't wrong. She don't know why everybody called the police. Nothing wasn't wrong. He was just upset. He was yelling, but he didn't do nothing to her. And I remember the police was like, so how did you get all these Mars? How's this, this and that? And she was like, he didn't do that to me. My mom was just lying for my dad. And we was in there crying. And the police was telling us to say something, but we was so scared of our dad that whatever our mom said, we went with her. And my mom told us not to say nothing. We didn't say nothing. We were just crying, and we was all hugged up with our mom and everything. And my dad had left, and he came back. I remember the next day he came back, and he was crying to my mom, telling her that he's sorry, that he loved her, that he was just upset because something happened at the job. And my mom was like, Okay. And it was like nothing never happened. And I remember seeing my mom, she was all beat up and everything. And nothing never happened. And from there, it just continued to happen. My dad would come home drunk. My dad would come home after being gone for a while. My dad would come home. My mom would accuse him of being with other women And he would just beat my mom's ass right in front of us, just beat the shit out of her. And we couldn't do nothing but cowered in the corner and cry, watching our mom getting her ass whooped. And now that I'm older, it's like, how could she do anything other than take him back? Because he was the one that paid all the bills. Without him, we don't eat. We don't have nowhere to sleep. We have nowhere to live. So my mom just kept letting her come back. Then I remember one day, I got tired of it. We was crying. My daddy had came home. He had beat our mom, and he left, and we was crying. And we was begging our mom, mom please, please don't let daddy come back in. Please don't let daddy come And she like, no, I'm tired of it. I'm going to call the police. And she was like, I'm going to go get the police, and my mom was going to the corner store to go call the police. And I remember I told my brothers and sisters, y'all, this is what we going to do. If daddy come back and he try to fight mama, we're going to fight daddy. And my sister and they were scared. But he bigger than us. I said, I don't care. we going to fight him. So we had a lot of like bite parts around the house. We used to like get bites and fix them together, fix them up and stuff. And then ride bikes and everything, the bikes that we go around the neighborhood, finding parts to the bikes and put them together. Then we'll use like the allowance our dad used to give us to go buy like inner tubes or patches to patch the inner tubes. And we will go and we will fix the bikes and have bikes. So we had a lot of bike parts outside in the backyard. And we went out there, we got like the rims, the bike rims, we got handlebars, we got everything. And we were like, if he come in here and try to fight mama, we going to fight him. And everybody was okay except my little brother Tay. He killed, no, but y'all, y'all shouldn't fight daddy, y'all shouldn't fight daddy. we like, no, because if we don't, he's going to keep fighting mama. And my mama was in the room and we was waiting on the police to come. And he came knocking on the door, just banging on the door, boom, 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 boom. Susie, let me in the house. Let me out. She was like, no, the police coming. And we were like, dad, the police going to get you. You about to leave. And you're like, y'all about to let me in this house. If y'all don't let me in this house, I'm going to whoop all y'all ass when I get in the house. And we were like, no, no, we ain't going to go. So we were like, no, what y'all, come on. We all went in the room with our mom, and we closed the room door, and we was in there. And we was like, nobody let the door, Oh, let daddy in the door. Nobody opened the door. And my dad went to the back door. And he was banging on the back door. And he was calling us by names, one by one. Nanny, come open the door. Come open the door for your daddy. Angel, come open the door for your daddy. LaRoss, come on. Open your door for your daddy. Come on now. And you know, Peanut, Tay, come open the door. And we was like, nope, 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 nope. And he calmed down. And we went back in the living room. We just like, oh, he's gone. We looking out the window. Didn't see him, didn't see him. Then next thing you know, we hear a doom, 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 doom. We're like, y'all, that's daddy again open the door, open the door. So we go to go run back in the room, and we realized our little brother Tay was not in the room. Tay went to open the door for our dad, and he came in there. And we were like, Tay, why you open the door? And he was like, Susie, where your ass at? You turned my kids to get me against me? I'm going to whoop your ass. This And he went after my mom. And when he went after my mom, I picked up the rim of the bike, and I hit him with the rim. And my dad was like, what the fuck? You hit me? You really hit me? And then I hit him again. And then out of nowhere, my sisters and brothers joined in. And we was beating the shit out of my dad with bike parts, y'all. And he was yelling and screaming. I'm going to whoop y'all ass. I'm going to whoop y'all ass. And we were whooping. You yeah, ain't the touch you mama. And he ran out the door. And he was trying to run. And he slipped in the dirt in front. And we, like, started throwing the stuff at him. And he got up and ran. And then the um, police... Pulled up, cause y'all know in black neighborhoods the police only pull up at the end. It's just like every movie. Y'all know the movies like like they call the police and everything happens. All the stuff having people die, people fight. They get away from the killers. They kill. They finally killed the killer, and boom, the police pull up at the end. This is literally what happened with us. We fought off the villain who was our dad, and everything whooped his butt, and then the police pull up. My mom finally went and told the police, yep, my dad, and everything. My dad had to go to court. My mom had to go to court, get a restraining order on him. He couldn't come around. He still came around again. My mom let him come back, and he beat my mom's ass again. They went to court again. The judge placed a restraining order on my dad, said if he ever come near my mom again, he's going to jail for 20 years. When that happened, bye-bye, Dad. After that, y'all, we didn't see our dad no more. That was gone. Um, My mom couldn't keep up the rent. We moved with her friend, Grace. Then Grace got a boyfriend, said we had to leave. So we moved into a rooming house. Um, this when we found out that our mom was prostituting because mom didn't have a job and she was paying for it. But my um, mom would leave all time, of night, all time of night and come back home and she'd just come home, get in the bed and go to sleep. And we were standing in a rooming house. I don't know if all of y'all know what a rooming house is. Some people call it a boarding house. But a rooming house is a house that has a bunch of rooms and then it has like a kitchen, a living room, and they rent out all the rooms. This is what this building was made for, just for that. You rent out all the rooms. Everybody in the in the building share the same bathroom, share the same kitchen, things like that. But you just had all your stuff in your room. And it was all of us in the room. Um so yeah, and we found out we found out from neighborhood bullies that my mom was was a prostitute and we want to believe it you know who want to believe our mom's a prostitute and everything and things like that um yeah, I did skip a big part of this um when we was before my dad got left um there was a time that my dad showed me the strength and courage that i had i did learn some stuff from my dad um there was this guy named Salvador. I will never remember, never forget his name. Um, the neighborhood bully. And my dad was in the house. And I came in the house crying. That Salvador pushed me down. And he's out there balding us. He won't leave us alone. And my dad told me, I know you didn't come in here because of some boy pushed you on the ground. My dad said, if you don't get out there and get back there and play. And if that boy touched you, you better knock his ass out. Because if you don't. If you run for an ass whooping out there, I'm going to give you an ass whooping in here. Which one you want? You want an ass whooping for me or an ass whooping for Salvador? He said, now get back out that door. And I went outside crying. And Salvador came over there fucking with us again. And I remember he went and pushed me down and then turned around. And when he turned around, I ran up and grabbed him. And he turned around and tried to punch me. And he missed and then I punched him, and I kept punching him, and I kept punching him. I kept punching him. He was trying to go back, and then he dropped to the ground. When he dropped to the ground, I jumped on top of him, and he, I kept hitting him in the face. Boom, 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 boom. I was just going crazy because I was so scared of getting a whooping from my dad that I whooped the hell out of this kid. I knocked his banged his head to the drain. He fell down. this to the drain, and I banged his head to the drain like boom, boom, boom. Banged his head to the drain, and then I got a rock and I hit him in the face with it. And then people came and they pulled me off of him, and he got back up. And then that's trying to let me go, and I ran back over and I tackled him back to the ground again, and I started hitting him. Then I got up and I started kicking him and everything. And then he was just laying there. And they was, they can't say, get your son. Get your son. And my daddy was like, nope. Salvador will never touch my son again after this ass whooping. I ain't getting my son. And my dad say, and you keep whooping his ass until you get tired of whooping his ass. And y'all, I sat out there. My dad was like, if any one of y'all touch him, y'all, I'm going to whoop y'all ass. And everybody was looking around. because they were scared of my dad. And my dad just sat there. And then he finally came up with it. He said, come on, LaRoss. That's enough. That's enough. And he, say, and he said, you don't never, never let nobody um make you feel scared. And I was like, yes, sir. And he was like, and next time you ever come to me and say somebody bothering you and your brothers and you ain't protecting them, you better hope somebody to protect you from me. And ever since then, y'all, I always protected my brothers and sisters. I never let them get in a fight, never none of that. If anybody bothered them, I jumped in because I was always scared that my dad would come and whoop my ass if I didn't whoop their ass. So that's what I left out. So I'm sorry, I had to go back to that. But um, yeah, so we was in a, in a room and house and found out our mom was prostitute and we didn't want to believe it. Um, my auntie, she came and she said, hey, these girls can't be living like this. These are girls. Like, she said, Susie, these boys, they boys. They can handle this, but these girls can't handle that. Let them come stay with me and mama. So my my dad's mom, she was saying, and that was my dad's sister. Her mom was like, okay. So my sisters went and stayed with my auntie and my grandma, which left me and my two brothers with my mom to fend for herself. And just went like that. Days went by. We didn't see our mom sometimes. We had to fix our own self food breakfast, dinner, lunch, whatever. We had to get ourselves ready for school on our own. Walk to the bus stop. Walk to the sometimes one couple of times we used to ride the bus. A Couple of times we used to walk to the bus. Um, they they took me out of the regular classes and put me. In EH classes, um emotional handicap classes. Um for those of y'all who don't know what emotional handicap is, I don't think they call it that no more, but they called it emotionally handicapped back then. Um and it was for it was for kids who couldn't control their emotions that um if we were sad, we were sad. If we was mad, we was mad. You feel me? It wasn't no in between. If we was sad, we was Damn sad. Like, so sad, couldn't do shit. And if we was upset and mad, we was upset and mad. We was so infuriated, we would blow up the whole fucking school if they didn't control us. And um, I couldn't take no one saying anything bad about my family. Picking on us, things like that. Um, touch me, do all the little teasing, they... They used to do and things like that. When they teased me, it was nuts. And when they teased my little brothers, I whooped the fuck out of those kids, y'all. <laughs> I used to beat those kids ass. So they put me in those classes. So I had to start catching the bus. My brother Peanut and Tate was walking to school. We stayed right down the street from the school. They was walking to school. The school I had to go to was away from it called Camel Drive Elementary. I was going there. And um I remember we got Kicked out of the room and house that we were staying in because of the person. Um, finally got morals and said, Hey, no kids can stay in here. Don't know why he let us stand there all this other time, but he said, No kids can stay in here, so we had to leave. So we went down the street to this other room and house, and they let us stay there, but they said we couldn't be left there alone. So, what my mom would do is, my mom would go and have or the neighbors watch us in the rumor house the neighbors and while she leave. And I remember one night it had just finished raining and my mom walked and she said, Y'all I'll be back. I'm coming back, I'll be back later. And I was like, Mom, please don't go. I was like Mom, please don't go. And I was scared because it was this guy going around called the Bite and Bandit. Um And I'm not making this up, y'all. Y'all can look it up. I remember I was telling Q this story, and she thought I was lying, and I had to pull it up for her. But there was this guy called the Biting Bandit that was going around in Homestead, randomly biting people. He was hitting people with sticks and biting people and running off. And it was around that time, and I was so scared for my mom... And I was like, Mom, please don't go, please don't go. And I was crying. I was holding her. And she was like, Ross, I got to go. I got to go. You got to be here for your brothers. And I'm like, Mom, please, please, please don't go. And she's like, you got to be here for your brothers. And my mom was like, I got to go. And my mom walked off. And I walked out on the porch. And I was crying. And I walked with my mom as she walked down the street. And my mom would disappear in the dark and then show up again when she get by a street light, And then she'll disappear in the dark and she show up again in the street light. And I remember seeing my mama all the way down on the other end. I was just watching her, waiting on her to get to the other streetlight. And my mom never got to the other streetlight. And I'm sitting there, and I'm crying. I'm like, Mom, Mom, yelling for my mama's name. Nothing, nothing. So I said, "F it. I'm going to run down the street where my mom at. And as I'm going up, my mom is down on her knees. And this man got this big-ass stick in his hand. And she's down on her knees, and he got his dick out. And this dude had my mom sucking his dick. And I would say, Mom, Mom. And I was yelling, and my mama looked over while this man's dick still in her mouth. And he bit down on this dude's dick so hard. The dude started, ah! I, I hit my mom with the stick and he fell to the ground yelling and screaming. And I was like, Mom, come on, come on. My mom was like, Come on, let's go, let's go. And we was running. We're like, Mom, come on, go. Come on. And I was like, Mom, what you was doing? What's going on? Why that man hit you? And she was like, Didn't I tell you not to come? Didn't I tell you not to come? And my mom was running and we was crying and we made it all back to the house and we was just sitting there crying. She was like, Ross, I told you not to come. I told you not to come. And she was like, She was like, But I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But you saved me. You saved me. And I was like, Oh my God. I was so scared, y'all. And I had dreams and nightmares of this for a long time years. Y'all, way after I got older, I still had dreams of seeing my mom down on her knees with this dude with this stick. And she performing oral sets on this man. And I blamed myself for her getting hit with the stick. Because I used to always say, if I would have never went down there and started yelling, my mama would have never bit that man. And he would've never hit her with that stick. And I carried that. And All I can remember is telling my brother that I never told them that that what was happening. But my mama was telling everybody that I saved her from getting raped. And my mama was like like telling everybody this as if I was a hero. And in my head, I wasn't no hero at all. In my head, I made my mom get get hurt because of this. So it hunt it hunted me for a long time, y'all. And some time went by and my mom met this guy named David. Alright, y'all. And I'm going to lead the story there. Um, I'm going to continue this story, this part of my life. And on the next couple of episodes, I'll go through it. Um, I'm going to tell the story in pieces. Um, the next episode will be a part of this episode. It will be a part of this. It's, um, I'll break it down into the different parts of my life. Um, this part of my life is Ross. This is when I was known as Ross and basically only as LaRosse. Um, people at school called me St. Clair, but if they knew me, I was Ross. If there was a neighborhood, I was LaRosse. Um, so this part of my life would be Ross. So that's why the name of this, this podcast episode is, um, my life, um, as La Ross. And this will be part one. Um part two will wrap up the rest of this and then we'll go to another, to the second part of my life. Um when everybody start calling me Miller. Or uh, or on going up to that, I guess. Um but I really hope you guys enjoying the story up there. Um most of the way um I told this story to Q the whole thing like everything like um Q know all of this stuff all the stuff I didn't get to she know everything um she always feel bad for me sometimes she she cry and see tears running from her eyes um because some of the stuff that I went through but I would like that you guys don't feel bad for me um, remember, this is all in my past. It made me who the person I am today. It made me understand what I don't want to ever go to. Um, yes, I still have some dreams and nightmares about some of this stuff. Um, but telling people about it is my way of letting it out. That's my therapy. So, um, y'all, yeah, i end this episode. But I'd like to thank everybody for coming and joining Um, all the new listeners welcome, really do appreciate, um, the listeners, you know, everything going up, um, like I always tell everybody, there's one thing you can do for me if you haven't already done it and it's free of charge, don't cost you a penny and that's hit the subscribe button. So you can be subscribed to the podcast. It helps the podcast out a lot. It helps the podcast get to more people. More people can be able to listen to it. More people can be able to share their experience. More people can be able to talk about it. Also, you guys can um, reach us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, at Making Sense of Nothing. Um, you can email us at Making Sense Nothing at gmail.com. So, yeah, um, you can also hit us up, leave a message on the Anchor app. If you have the Anchor app, just go to our podcast. You can leave us a voice message, um, ask any questions. Um, let us know if you want us to put the questions on the podcast. Um, after we get enough questions, then I'll probably do a whole episode of just answering all the questions. Um, I'll play your messages back. The ones that left messages, voice message, and the ones that left messages like in on one of our social media platforms, then I'll just read them out and do it that way. But, um, like always, thank you guys so much for coming and listening. Remember, stay safe, stay smart, stay alert, stay happy. I know I change it up every time, y'all. But... It's just how I feel. You feel me? And remember, if no one else told you guys that they love you, I love you. And that's the God honest truth. I really do. And until next time, this be your boy Miller, a.k.a. Miller The One, and your girl Q, a.k.a. Qlicious. And we'll see y'all on the other side. Peace. That's my niggas. I stay bulletproof. 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 Wait hold. don't tell me what got into you, Any, Any you I search around the room like, where you, where you Bring those no stuff you. to me, I'm like, who, who you, who, who you And you can say what you wanna say But I stay on that shit, as everything Yeah, cause my nigga, I stay bulletproof, bulletproof, bulletproof So tell me nigga, what got into you, into you, into you